Welcome to Bad Reviews for Good Books, episode 49. Ryan's getting over COVID. That's why his voice sounds nasally. I have something I want to talk about for just a minute because I know you guys like my random information. And this is mainly for the laundry doers in the house. So, you know, you're a man listening to this and you're like, my wife does all the laundry because it's 1950. (laughs) Then you can just fast forward 15 seconds. I found out about something called laundry stripping, which sounds kind of, oh, let me tell you something funny too. It's a friend of mine, my pickleball friend. I was saying yesterday, have you heard about laundry stripping? And she's like, (laughs) she said, is that when you like, Take your clothes off right before you put them in the laundry. (laughs) I was like, no, that's not what it is. But yeah, I do that sometimes. Okay, well, Ryan left, so I'll talk about laundry stripping while he's gone. I should preface the story by another story. (laughs) (laughs) Why not? Yeah. All of my pickleball clothes. In Pennsylvania, it's very humid. And I was playing every day in summer in the heat, six days a week. But my clothes were starting to get really smelly even after I washed them, which is bad. I don't know if you guys have ever had clothes that bad where it's like a different kind of smell I can't even describe. If they would come out of the washer and I would be like these still smell. So I found this thing called laundry stripping. You mix borax, powdered tide, and laundry soda in a hot bathtub. And when you throw all of your yucky smelly clothes in there and you mix it around with I used a wooden spoon, but I've seen people use poles. <laughs> Yeah, it's like old school laundry. By old school, I mean before washing machines were a thing. (laughs) And you let it sit in there four to six hours. And it changed the water from clear to black. Isn't that because it like washed the color out of your clothes? Probably in part. (laughs) But also my clothes don't smell anymore. What? I know. Sydney, last night, I was bringing up the laundry and I was like, put your face in this and take a deep (laughs) whiff. And I was like, what do you smell? She was side-eyeing me like, is this a trick? It was one of my worst offending shirts. She put her face in it, took a really deep, hearty whiff. And she was like, I don't smell anything. And I was like, it's nothing short of a miracle. It feels very special. So yeah, look that up. Laundry stripping. If you yourself are a sweaty, stinky person or you have teenage boys, that would be the other qualifier. (laughs) Try it. Because girls aren't stinky. Just boys. Teenage boys who are going through puberty. They're the worst. We know because we have one. As usual, I don't know the book. Archana says, Only thing I got from the book is being in the fresh air will make you hungry and eventually fat. What? Another line of Yorkshire accent and I'm going to jump from a tall building. Uh, is it that show you love? (laughs) Why are your eyebrows (laughs) Oh, this is so weird. I was looking at you and your eyebrow was twitching. I was mirroring. No, my eyebrows were going like this. Yours was twitching. (laughs) <laughs> You're like our listeners don't care. I know this is a video. Oh my gosh, with a secret lady that writes a little newsletter. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, but I'm not going to tell you until you figure. It is this book, isn't it? No, it's not. Oh well, come on. You think it's about Bridgerton? Yes, it's, it's not that. It's not Bridgerton. Okay, never. Mind. You're like it's the only book I know that's set in England. <laughs> that's not true. Although that would be a good one, Bridgerton. Yeah, you liked that show though, right? Or yeah. no? I just finished Charlotte made me crazy why was she insecure Don't no like... she was like super secure oh like overly secure <laughs> <laughs> she was so secure okay and it was her husband who's i can't tell you her husband had issues okay well let me maddening. tell you this one trope that i absolutely cannot abide so please do not ever recommend these books to me 
is when there's two people that love each other, but they're like, they couldn't possibly love me because I feel terrible about myself. It's like every romance. I hate it so much when they're just like, I'm not good enough for him. And then he's like, I'm not good enough for her. Well, I mean, it's accurate, but it's so cliche now because it's so accurate. That's not accurate. Yeah, it is. No, anyone's lucky to have me. (laughs) (laughs) That was probably accurate when we were dating, but that's neither here nor there. Right. I feel much better. You've about leveled myself. up. Now you yeah. would read old grandma romances. Where no, I like Christ- Christian Regency romance <laughs> novels. Akash, or Turtle, said, I can't believe this is a classic. It's filled with discrimination and inimical. Inimical? That's a hard word. I don't know what that word is. Inimical remarks about Indians. The girl slaps and abuses her caretaker, who was Indian. She calls her a pig. Oh, wait. Little Princess? No. Something like that? Same author. Secret Garden? Yes! Oh, goodness. Okay. I can't remember if I read this or not. Someone commented on Akash's review. Mike says, It's fiction. Get over yourself. Dusty said, Agree with Mike. And then Loon Tune says, Pro tip, never agree with someone named Mike. What? <laughs> I was Why? like, yeah. There's so many Mikes. Have you oh ever noticed gosh. that? On our street Seriously. alone, we have four or five mics just on our street that live on our street it's because in the bible michael the archangel is super cool like who wouldn't like, he's like name probably their... buff or whatever seriously he's like the number one angel and he's super powerful and killing lucifer and stuff why wouldn't you want your son to be michael this is <laughs> it's steven but i wanted to say stefan so gardening trumps abysmally crappy, neglectful parenting. Okay. <laughs> Did you put this in here because of me? There was one summer when I was really into gardening. It was several summers ago, maybe like three or four summers ago. And I remember one of my kids, <laughs> I don't remember which kid, but them saying, do you love your garden more than us? <laughs> okay, this is Eon. It's not Ian. It's Eon. Ian? Ian. That's Ian? Is that like the Irish version of Ian or something? Yeah, it's Ian Cofer. Siobhan, and it's spelled S-I-O-B-H-A-N. Or, or Siobhan, S-E-A-N. Yeah, it's exactly. like, that does not sound like Sean. Yeah, okay. Like- Ian, I guess, says, If you like reading about gardens and children, this is the book for you. If you're a somewhat normal person like myself, maybe steer clear. <laughs> <laughs> and then Vittoria said, You seem insufferable. <laughs> Can you imagine? Commenting on someone's review, You seem insufferable. <laughs> That's very funny. Jason said, My latest read through DailyLit.com, a free online service that breaks up famous public domain books into chunks of just a thousand words apiece, then emails you each chunk once a day until you're finished. That sounds fun, right? That does sound interesting. A thousand words. How quickly could you get through that? It's not that much. Page is 250. That would be like four pages. Oh. But I feel like it would take you forever, especially the long classics. It'd be like a year later, you get a new book. Uh, Unfortunately, though, this turned out to be one of the silliest pieces of Edwardian twaddle I've ever in my life had the misfortune to read. Not just bad in that relative way of reading a children's book. That. That. (laughs) That made me think of the Lava Rules the World book. There's this really cute book. It's It's a picture book. He always just says, that. It's D-A-T. Dat? He says dat to everything. I love it. I love that book. So fun. Yeah. 
Not just bad in that relative way of reading a children's book that's now over 100 years old, but an objective bad when compared even to the books that were coming out at the same time as this one back in 1911 when it was first published. And indeed, it's telling that this book was a dud among Burnett's original audience when it first came out, so quickly forgotten that most publications didn't even bother mentioning it in her obituary just 13 years later. The book, in fact, only picked up steam again in the latter half of the 20th century when it suddenly became fashionable for the first time for academes to do scholarly interpretations of children's books. And this became a favorite among conservative teachers. Meanwhile, the book of Burnett's that was overwhelmingly the most popular among her contemporary audience, 1885's Little Lord Fauntleroy. Don't <laughs> <laughs> you love that? Yes. Little Lord Fauntleroy. <laughs> it conjures images of a little plump boy with blonde curly hair just being like... In his knickers. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. His knickers. Yes. The reason that school marms of the 1950s <laughs> and 60s... <laughs> school marms. I like this so much. <laughs> The reason that school marms of the 1950s and 60s were so enamored of this book, I think, is because it's a kind of wish-fulfillment story aimed directly at conservative adults Mm. about a group of kids who behave in exactly the way a conservative adult in the 1950s might wish in their wildest dreams for kids to behave. Yeah, they're like, why can't you behave like these kids in this book? They're like, that's a book, Mom. The children here eventually transform themselves into morally upstanding citizens of the British Empire voluntarily. Through a combination of hard manual labor taken on gleefully, sensible diet and exercise, and so much piousness about Christianity that squirrels and foxes and birds literally come and alight on their shoulders every time they sit around telling each other Bible stories. I don't remember that. I don't even remember. Did you I read, read that? I don't even remember if I read the book. I do think I I've, think you would have remembered. I think I read it at some point. No, I wouldn't remember stuff like that. Are you kidding me? People tell me stuff from like a couple years ago. I'm like, that happened to me? <laughs> I was just asking about a Freedom McFadden book, and you're like, I don't remember. Okay, that's because... I just explained this to you, but I will explain it to our audience. That is because I read probably five of her books in a row. And by read, I mean listen to, because I don't really have time for reading books anymore. I listened to several of her books in a row, and all of the plots were kind of smearing together. And Ryan was like, how did this person get murdered? And I was like, someone got murdered in that book? <laughs> it was just like two weeks ago that I read that book probably. Like, oh, yeah. Maybe last week. I don't know. 21st century audiences will find it hard to do anything other than furiously roll their eyes at this purplish crap as doe-eyed tots spend hundreds of pages squealing in ecstatic happiness every time they dig a hole and exclaim such exquisite nonsense as, I can feel the magic of fresh air! (laughs) And the less said about Burnett's decision to write all the dialogue in the phonetic slang of Northern England, (laughs) when thou goes to em in the mornings, thou shalt take a pail of good new milk. better. You know, you're talking about the magic of, I don't know about that, because this morning is the first time we've had our windows open in a while, and our seven-year-old was like, it smells like Christmas, even though it doesn't, but just because it's a little bit cold. She was so happy this morning. So there is magic in that. These people who are saying that, they don't have children. That's what I think. Noreen says, exposing children, especially ill or unattractive ones, (laughs) to this dreck would constitute abuse. Okay, unattractive people. Remember the word I taught you this week? Oligarchy. No, it's pronounced oligarchy. (laughs) (laughs) I asked if you remembered because I couldn't remember what the word is, but you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Cacophobic. Cacophobic means fear of ugliness. Not just in yourself, but ugliness in other people too. Oh, and guess what? I looked up cacophonic. Yeah. Because at first I was like, I think the word's cacophonic. 
<laughs> Which means? I'm pretty sure it was cacophonic. That means stuffed together. Like if you wrote a sentence without any spaces, it would be cacophonic. No, I thought cacophonic was like... Carcophonic. There. Oh, dear. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's cacophonic. I began reading with an open mind. The trouble is, as I progressed, my brain threatened to fall out. <laughs> oh, that open happen? mind. <laughs> oh, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> my brain. This is still Noreen. She says, her message is, there's so much wisdom in magic, or the big good thing, that it is all the education you need. Who needs what science has to tell us when we have the big good thing? <laughs> Frances Hodgson Burnett was inspired, brainwashed by Mary Baker Eddy, the founder of Christian Science, and one serious fruitcake, judging from Wikipedia. <laughs> serious hmm. fruitcake. Fruitcake is What's so Christian yucky. Christian Science? I don't know. Like Scientology? No, Scientology. So. They're not Christian. Okay, so Christian Science is the beliefs and practices of the Church of Christ, scientist, a Christian sect. That doesn't make sense. The Church of Christ, comma, scientist, comma. Christian sect founded by Mary Baker Eddy in 1879. Members hold that only God and the mind have ultimate reality, and that sin and illness are illusions which can be overcome by prayer and faith. Oh, what illusions? Is, what does this mean? It's so confusing to me. I still don't get this. A bunch of scientists got together and be like, you know what would be cool? Wait. To be Christian scientists. <laughs> Mary Baker Eddy said, she's the one that discovered and founded this Christian science. She says she defines it as the law of God, the law of good. Oh, <laughs> what is that how even? deep. How is that a definition? It's not even. Oh boy. All right. We can't go down this rabbit hole because that's going to be our whole podcast if we do it. This is Lauren Pye. Here's a quote from our bratty young protagonist. You don't know anything about natives. They are not people. They're servants who must salam to you. Oh my gosh. <laughs> servants who must salam to yes, you. Yes, that's right. Our protagonist just proclaimed that East Indians aren't human. This occurs at the 10% mark. So I said to myself, I'm sure little Miss Mary will learn a lesson in the end about non-whites being human and worthy of respect, as they are human too. Lesson learned? Nope. Ooh, that's cringe. <laughs> Cringy. Even for that time period. Yuck. Kayla said, there's a big difference between a book reflecting the time it was written in versus a book that is unabashedly racist. That's this book. With quotes like, there's such a lot of blacks there instead of, oh, respectable white people. Oh my goodness, no. <laughs> Sheesh. There's also a random quote about victim blaming. Well, he said, she used the wrong magic until she made him beat her. If she'd used the right magic and had said something nice, perhaps he wouldn't have gotten as drunk as a lord, and perhaps he might have bought her a new bonnet. It was all her fault. <laughs> oh, boy. If she would have been nice, she would have got a bonnet instead of a beaten. If little Fauntleroy had been around, that wouldn't have been the case. For sure. I just wanted to he say his name. <laughs> very well behaved, which is why it was so popular in the 1800s. Mm -mm. Also, last thing, maybe ableism? Why did almost all of the adults in this book gaslight a child into believing he was going to die? Because they wanted the estate he lived in? Hello, what? Yeah, that's messed up. Furthermore, it's consistently stated in the book that people would rather he die because he was too sickly. Sheesh. What a lovely message to send to disabled children. <gasps> oh my gosh, that's not right. This is Kim. England is painted as healthful and good, while India is unhealthy and bad. Apparently, it's too hot in India to develop one's health, intellect, or imagination. Which is surprising, considering India's thousands of years of civilization. The 
this book tells us that a healthy person is better in every way than an unhealthy one. <laughs> Superior in looks, personality, happiness, and intelligence, and infinitely more lovable. This is so disgusting. I just hate that that's even in a book. I know it was what it was. I understand this concept of not judging from a 2023 lens, but that doesn't mean that I can't still hate it. Yeah, and that doesn't mean we can drop it yeah, exactly. like a hot potato. Like the potatoes that are hot. Like a rotten potato. A stinky, rotted, well, yucky one. Christian science potato. Yeah, and it has like liquid coming out of the bottom mm -hmm, and that's... eyes that are growing. Potato eyes. And it makes your whole cabinet stink. That has happened to us. <laughs> we are speaking from experience. It's my <laughs> Probably fault. Probably monthly. Uh, that does not happen monthly in our That home. reminds me of that meme like, oh, I got to buy my lettuce that's going to sit in my fridge and, and go and bad. my fridge. <laughs> and my fridge. <laughs> Carolyn said, guys, don't kill me for hating your favorite book. Please, K-bye. When I first met Mary, I was like, oh, I see. This is going to be a character driven with tons of character development, obviously. Um, no. Mary's a nasty little brat at the beginning of the book. And by the end, she makes three friends and becomes somewhat normal. Big whoop. So people speak Yorkshire a lot in this book. IDK what that actually is. Basically... <laughs> Your ignorance is showing. They replace all those pronouns and little words that make sentences understandable, and they replace them with the. There were some paragraphs in this book that I looked at and thought were the result of the author slamming her face into a typewriter. I'm assuming all of the the stuff in Yorkshire is some of their slang from the time. That's like me writing a book mostly composed of lols and yolos. <laughs> LOLs and yolos. Mary tells basically everyone she meets about how she's getting stronger and fatter. Maybe this is mainstream in her time period, but I don't know why the creepy gardeners and random maids need to know that she's getting fatter. Like, Mary, that's great, but no one cares. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. This is Mizzy Q. We read her before, didn't we? I kind of recognize that name. This bratty girl's physically non-existent parents die. Someone <laughs> takes the time to deal with her, and once she becomes the sweetest and healthiest girl on earth, she stoops as low as to help someone else, just as bratty as she was, this person being a depressed, crippled boy her own age. <laughs> After she takes him into the secret garden, she broke into the magic. She broke into the garden. <laughs> yeah, she, the magic heals him. Then by some twist of fate, Archibald Craven, the former crippled boy's father, hears his dead wife's voice inside his head, telling him to go to the garden. Once Archibald arrives at the garden, he sees his boy running and playing just like any other and realizes that he can stand to be near the new healthy boy. Oh my gosh, they live happily. I can stand being near him. That's He's so normal. Sad. They live happily ever after in joyous harmony with the magic to thank. <laughs> oh my goodness. I must not have read this because I don't. That's like, what I said. You would have known. I know I saw the movie. I do know that. Years I, yeah, and years I did. and years ago. So this is the same author as The Little Princess? A Little Princess. A Little Princess. And Little Lord Fauntleroy. Yeah. <laughs> she also wrote adult novels that were apparently. Oh. All I remember from A Little Princess is that I watched that when I was a kid. Shirley Temple. America's little sweetheart my, with the dimples. My dad loved Shirley Temple and he went back years later recently and watched some of them and he was just like this is so terrible. Apparently she's like <laughs> really mean to her servant and like or he's her slave or something. Which is funny because did you know that Shirley Temple went on to become a UN representative? No. Well, it's not like she wrote the I know movie. she did. She was like three or something. Three? <laughs> She was like a little, okay, she was like six, but she looked like she was three. It's fine. I can't forget what I was talking about. And now about. you can't drink alcohol without mentioning her. Why? Actually, Shirley Temple is non-alcoholic. Yeah, it? it's grenadine. They put grenadine in it. 
the only reason I know this, I have so many random stories that you are triggering on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> because when, this isn't long enough. When I, I was a kid, stories. I don't know where we were, but I was out with a friend and she asked for Shirley Temples for both of us. And she was like, with extra grenadine, please. <laughs> I don't know. I still don't know what grenadine is. I think it's the red stuff. Grenadine is a commonly used non-alcoholic bar syrup. Characterized by its deep red color. So, so basically, like, my friend was like, extra sugar, please. <laughs> right. <laughs> she was asking for. But also, I had another friend who, they had a parlor in their house. Like, it was their living room, but they called it their parlor. And we would always ask for milk or water on the rocks. Because <laughs> we were fancy. On the rocks. On the rocks, yeah. I was telling you the story about the little princess. A little princess. A little princess, I'm sorry. <laughs> I remember watching that on VHS at home. And I was young, and I remember it being really depressing. That's all I remember about it. Well, I didn't think that was racist because, you know, she's imprisoned with her maid, I want to say, in this room. But then next door, she goes into this Maharaja's. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's, like, rich and gives her all this food and stuff, and it's so sweet. Yeah. That's all I remember, too. I watched it a bunch. I remember there was one point she's walking across the roof, to the other place when it's raining and Does it's night. Fall? I think she slips. I think it's this. Oh my gosh, like... such drama. All right, we should rewatch it at some point. For or not. Sure. Zora said, This book could be used to select people for test groups of antipsychotics. Reading this book gave me a feeling that I can only describe as molesty. <laughs> <laughs> if you were nine years old and you would rather paint your fingernails than climb a tree, you should read this book. You should also join a domestic violence support group to prepare you for your black-eyed future. Oh my goodness. I don't understand that. I don't either. Select people for test groups of antipsychotics. I don't like that she used the word she changed molesty into like, <laughs> what would it be? Molesty? An adjective. Well, whatever. I don't like what she changed it into. This is Rachel says, this should be shelved with books like Mein Kampf by the Honorable Adolf Hitler. It's terrible. <laughs> If you are not a person of color, respectfully, you cannot even begin to fathom what depths of pain a lifetime of this kind of rhetoric wreaks on the human psyche. Accurate. Word. I'm not a person of color, but I believe her. Diana says, whoever reads this next, please take a shot every time you read the word queer. Genuinely, you will be so drunk. You will not remember anything for days. <laughs> but I think in that context, queer is talking about weird. Yeah. Right. Colin. But it's jarring, sort of like fingering. You can't say that word nowadays. Because... Or in the old, how they say making love was just yeah. flirting with somebody. Oh, dear. Colin was annoying as crap with his tantrums literally shut up. Also, <laughs> literally shut up. <laughs> but she doesn't use any punctuation. So it's like, Colin was annoying as crap with his tantrums literally shut up. Also, Mary, girl, maybe you are the problem. <laughs> there was a reason nobody liked you. <laughs> Happy a garden turned them into actual normal human beings. <laughs> I also went into this story expecting ghosts. There was no ghosts. Who lied? <laughs> <laughs> Who lied? That's a good question. I'm not sure. Well, it wasn't a question. She said there was no ghosts. Dot, dot, dot. Who lied? Period. Yeah. When I read these with no punctuation... Weird abbreviations, weird capitalizations. I'm like, this is what's happening to our generation, <laughs> to, our to the next generations. Yeah, well, like, and it's this is what happens to texting. It's weird because I'm trying to read it how I think it should be, but I'm like, it's like did she uniform. mean that as a question? I think she meant it as a question. Who lied? I don't know. Almost a mystery trying to decipher what the teenager mean. <laughs> Memorable quotes. I will come back. But it's not spelled C O M E. <laughs> <laughs> what? 
why is it spelled like that? Probably because it's Yorkshire. I will come back. Yes. You're like, um, you should still use the O I and know. the E. <laughs> this is Kelly. Immediately, no, immediately, no, I've seen what I needed to see. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand that. Extreme racist language and ideas practically on every page. Like, dang, I thought this was about a garden? And the first 20 pages is just everyone calling the 10-year-old girl ugly and how it's such a shame because her mom was so beautiful. I'm out. <laughs> she has a sad, sad crying emoji. That's true. That's very sad. It's a shame her mom was so beautiful. No, Can you imagine being that kid? Allah said, and the award for the most disappointing book goes to The Secret Garden. More like barely hidden, boring trash garden. <laughs> They grew a rose in it. Oh, wow. A bird built a nest. Oh, wow. I can do that on my balcony. Amazing. You can build a nest in your balcony. <laughs> Be special. Robin said, I wanted to punch Mary in the face. I understand it's a different time, but the fact that she didn't even consider Indian people people boiled my piss. Ew. I've never heard that before. Boiled my piss? Yeah. You know Have that, you heard that? No, but it makes me think of... That's boiling my urine. Everything you say makes me think of something else. So in the Giver series, the dyer, her name's Annabella, she, I think it's called Mordant or something like that, she boils her pee because to dye rolls, it's a setter or something. And so <laughs> she called it her piss pot. <laughs> so when I was like, they boiled her piss. Like, that's actually yeah. in, in that book. I think that's in the second book or the third one. Gathering Blue. Yeah, and Gathering Blue. Okay, this is Lenny. Deeply evil book. It has like a proto-Scientology vibe. The author gives the children the most traumatic childhoods you could imagine that makes it all about how they just needed to think healthy thoughts. <laughs> Incredibly unsympathetic book that repeatedly talks about how these tragic kids should get it together and have better personalities. <laughs> better, get a better personality. I mean, to be fair, back then, I do feel like that is kind of what how people treated kids, you know what I mean? Suck it up, brats. They didn't talk about trauma or anything. Judy says, awful editing from some unknown foreign language. She was six years antique? <laughs> She's like, who translated an English classic into English? <laughs> this is Marie Cruz. I was enjoying myself with this book until, well, until Colin. <laughs> Colin all, and all the woo-woo stuff in the last chapter. Woo-woo stuff. <laughs> to us, that means something different. Apart from that, I quite like the notion of hysterical lump. Best scene in the whole book. What was that? Oh, I looked it up. Hysterical lump. Yeah, I'm Hold on, wait, let me finish reading sorry. this and then you can tell me. Yorkshire accent seems to be as contagious as measles. I simply can't understand how we aren't all saying things like, eh, by gum. <laughs> eh, by gum. <laughs> <laughs> all right, you're going to All right, explain. so this is the hysterical lump scene. You'll love it. Okay. Mary wakes up in the middle of the night because Colin is screaming and the nurses don't know what to do. Mm. So Mary rushes in and says, you stop, she almost shouted. You stop, I hate you. Everybody hates you. I wish everyone would run out of the house and let you scream yourself to death. You will scream yourself to death in a minute, and I wish you would. He'd Dang. been lying on his face, beating his pillow. His face looked dreadful, white and red and swollen, and he was gasping and choking, but savage little Mary did not care an atom. <gasps> he was dying? <laughs> Colin, no! If you scream another scream, she said, I'll scream too, and I can scream louder than you, and I'll frighten you. He actually had stopped screaming because she had startled him so. I can't stop, he gasped and sobbed. You can, shouted Mary. Half that ails you is hysterics and temper. Just hysterics, hysterics, hysterics. And she stamped each time she said it. 
I felt the lump. I felt it, choked out Colin. And I should have a hunch in my back, and then I should die. And he began to writhe again and turned on his face and sobbed. <laughs> you didn't feel a lump, contradicted Mary fiercely. Gaslighting much? If you did, it was only a hysterical lump. Hysterics <laughs> makes lumps. There's nothing a matter with your horrid back. Nothing but hysterics. Turn over and let me look at it. Nurse, she commanded, come here and show me his back this minute. And he has a lump, doesn't he? <laughs> I think that's what happened. There's no lump. Are you She's sure? Like, You're too skinny. This is your spine. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he has a lump. I- <laughs> <laughs> Would you know you didn't From read the it? Movie. <laughs> There's no lump, and that's not in the movie. I mean- <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! I'm making a movie in my head. I'm picturing him with a hunchback. This movie in your head would be rated R for for what? Abuse to children. <laughs> Gosh, when she was gaslighting him, it made me think of this. The other day, our two kids had optometry appointments, and the what do you call an optometry aide? She wasn't the doctor; she was like the assistant. Yeah, well, whatever she's called. At that office, they don't do the eye puffs. You know how they normally do that puff? They have this thing that goes green, green, red, or something, and it's like she puts it real close to the eye. And both Jasper and Ivy were like, that hurt. And she was like, no, it didn't. Like, she's trying to gaslight him. And then, like, so she was looking the other way. And Ivy and Jasper both looked at me. They were like, give me this. What the heck is this lady? No, it didn't. And then when we got out to the car, they were like, that lady was trying to gaslight us. They were like, it did too hurt. They use that word so much and, like, out of context. Yeah, they use it when it's not even applicable. Basically, if anyone's being mean to you, they're gaslighting. You're gaslighting me. It's like, no, I don't think you know what that word (laughs) means. I'm disagreeing with you. There's a difference. This is about Frances Hodgson Burnett. Frances Eliza Hodgson Burnett is best known for three children's novels, Little Lord Fauntleroy, <laughs> A Little Princess, and The Secret Garden. Frances was born in Cheatham, England. Cheatham? Oh. After her father died in 1852, the family fell on straightened circumstances. What straightened means? Dire, dire straits. And immigrated to Knoxville, Tennessee. There, Frances began writing to help earn money for the family. Burnett enjoyed socializing and living a lavish lifestyle. Who wouldn't? I know. Her oldest son, Lionel, died of tuberculosis in 1890, which caused a relapse of the depression she had struggled with for much of her life. She divorced Swan Burnett in 1898. Swan. I know. Can you imagine? Married Stephen Townsend in 1900 and divorced Townsend in 1902. (laughs) She died in 1924. I thought there was going to be more. She died in 1924. Because that was the end of the page. I thought it was going to go on. It's interesting. In Asian language, you're like, how do they have so many words that are different just by the tone you're using? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then I realized we do that just as much. Because when they have those crappy automatic voices, they're actually really good reader voices, robotic voices. But then they don't do an inflection, right? And you're Mm -hmm. like, okay, that's robotic. You're like, everyone would do that inflection a certain way. Yes. Basically, we do that too, so. Yeah, it's like the emphasis on what syllables, like the syllabic emphasis. Oh, but I was reading that in Japanese, I'm curious about whether this is right, but in Japanese, every syllable is given an equal length, weight, everything is the same. Like Uh, poetry uh, for Neanderthals? No, not like that. (laughs) (laughs) But we'll like, we'll have words that we will make an A longer or depending on what the word is, you know, but they, everything is equal syllabic timing i just thought that was interesting my children are loving it so far we got up to page 154 before we realized that this book is incomplete the next pages are filled with pages 85 through 116 from a book called seekers the quest begins oh the book then picks up on page 187 from the secret garden completely leaving out the missing 33 (laughs) pages of the book 
This book then goes back to the Seeker's book on page 251 and doesn't pick back up with the Secret Garden until page 283. Is this Amazon? Too late to return. Yeah, which is interesting. So I looked it up. It's one of these by um, Aaron Hunter. Yeah. The first of the Polar Bear series. But the weird thing is that's published by HarperCollins. So this public domain book, crappily printed, should not have Sydney Polish. Whoever did that could get in trouble for that. I mean, why Seekers? There's, this only has like 1,100 ratings. That is so weird. That's so, so it's strange. Like, <laughs> I don't know. No, not 1,100, sorry. It has 764 reviews. Okay. If you're going to pirate something, pirate something that has more <laughs> more appeal to... Do you know Aaron Hunter is not actually one person? What? It's like four women who write all of those books, and they use the same pseudonym. That's weird. I tried. I tried hard because my kids love them. Not the Seekers. They love the cat ones. Cat ones because they're obsessed well, with cats. Warriors. I was just like, maybe it's just the anthropomorphism, but I couldn't get behind it. I, I like, couldn't oh, the kitties are... And there's so uh, many characters intrigued. and you're just like, they're all cats. <laughs> okay. Whatever. This is Anita. She says, love the book, but the person who is reading aloud mispronounces very common words, even says, I can't do this at one point. <laughs> Over dervish, which is a simple word, (laughs) and starts, stops, repeats himself several times over the course of the book. These are not edited out, which is a failure of whoever is supposed to be polishing up for. (laughs) I can't do this. You know, public domain, yeah, they can do whatever they want. That's why everyone tries to sell it. But I've never heard of a public domain audiobook that's so bad. I can't can't do this. This is my favorite because you know he's in a studio, or not even a studio apparently, by himself, talking to himself, <laughs> negative talking to himself, saying, I can't do this. Dervish, what is this? For himself. <laughs> <laughs> Which I can really appreciate because I recorded Ryan's book and a couple other books, and you do mess up a lot. And the reason I don't let Ryan edit his own books is because a couple times he tried to edit episodes and he left me repeating. I would say something and say it again because I messed up and he just like missed it. And then everyone's like, wow, this narrator's terrible <laughs> because normally it gets edited out. But Ryan was just doing his ADHD thing or yeah, something. Yeah, well, at least I didn't say I can't, I can't do, do this. this. <laughs> I've never said that. I really wish I could hear this because I want to hear He's like, dejected like I can't, I can't do this dervish oh so good that was the best robert day said downloaded this and it appears to be some kind of poorly translated copy i don't remember a sabib in the story <laughs> <laughs> nor a mother with homosexual tendencies what what book is this <sighs> that's why he's like i don't recall that it's the updated version it's the modern version right? this is Kay guider There are no words to this version, just a bunch of numbers that I'm sure if I had the motivation to break the code all of Robert Langdon, it would potentially mean something, but I don't have that motivation or time. Kindle version, the numbers. Rebecca says, don't buy this Kindle edition. This Kindle edition reads as if it's been poorly translated. When Mary Lennox turned into Despotched to Misselthwaite Manor to stay together, with her uncle, absolutely everyone stated she became the most disagreeable searching baby ever visible. visible. <laughs> disagreeable searching instead of disagreeable looking. <laughs> this is great. 
Diane P. says, There are only eight illustrations, and they are not very nice. Look like a child did them. Roji Zafil Aurora said, The title is okay, and the review is yes. And that's it? This is Mistress Mary. This Kindle version isn't really illustrated. It's just got random photos of gardens and such plugged into it, and they don't even match up with the part of the story you're reading. That's a great idea, actually. Yes. Sell the secret garden illustrated with a bunch of garden <laughs> photos. It's inside. been done already, apparently. This is Tanu. The book was beautiful until I opened it. It's completely blank from the inside. <laughs> if the seller sees this, you owe me a book! <laughs> All right. Well, that was the end, and that was really fun. Now I want to remember forever, I can't do this. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys for joining us. We always, we love having your company. And by your company, I mean you guys listening to us probably by yourself on the uh, toilet or something. Yes. <laughs> Skip the book, go watch the musical. Is the musical good? Well, I know that In Lily's Eyes is a beautiful song. <gasps> That's mm-hmm. from that musical. I love that song. In Lily's Eyes. She I has Lily's hazel eyes. eyes. Those yeah. eyes closed and left me long ago. See? Oh my gosh. We're amazing. Beautiful. If you guys want to hire us, we sing at weddings. <laughs> That's not true. Oh, I just made that up. Hey. Yes. You did say that. Sleeping Fatty is finished, right? Yes, Sleeping Fatty. you can listen to the whole thing. It's like over 30 hours. We'll link it in our notes. I'll Mm -hmm. put the link in our notes that you can just click on it. Just listen to it two times on two times the speed. Yeah. Jada sings a song. But listen to that at at normal speed. Amazing. Thank you. Chills. Thank you. Oh, chills. (laughs) Chills. Also, my writing will give you chills. 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 Okay. (laughs) Bye.